You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Everybody, welcome to the broadcast. Welcome to The Remnant. This is Pastor Todd Coconado. I'm so thankful that you're here. I am pumped up. Because in the middle of the calamity, in the middle of the trials of this life, in the middle of the news headlines, where it looks like there's a possibility the, war, the world could even go to a, a, a world war scenario, and it just seems so grim in so many different areas, but yet there is a bright light, a hope that has come out of Wilmore, Kentucky, and Asbury University, over the last couple of weeks that now is spreading around the nation and the world. Oh, you can't, you can't avoid it. You just go in your newsfeed on social media and you're going to see a bunch of pictures and videos coming out of Asbury university of people crying out to the Lord, crying out to the God of heaven and earth. And so in the middle of calamity, it's just so like the Lord. I mean, amazing how when it seems like it's like 1159 and there is no hope and then something happens and we have been praying just for that for several years now lord move on our behalf and and it's amazing to me that when god does something very powerful like this there's naysayers there's critics there's there's couch critiques coming from all over the world of people saying, well, that's not really revival. That's not how it's supposed to happen, or that's not how it's supposed to look. And yet I can tell you this, friends, there is a move of God happening, not only in Kentucky, but around the nation as pockets of revival are starting to come together more and more. And while we can get down and while we can get depressed and while we can feel overwhelmed at times because of all the negative Nellies and the spiritual warfare and the different things that we're having to deal with as remnant warriors out there. God is on the move and he's not out of, out of resources and he's not out of moves. And this is the God of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. And so I think we should be pretty darn happy to know that we're on the winning team. And so today in the broadcast, we're not only we're going to talk about what's going on up at Asbury, But we're going to talk about what's happening around the country. And we're going to talk about what needs to happen in our own hearts. Because I think a lot of what needs to happen is America needs a heart surgery. The church needs a heart surgery. We need open heart surgery to stop being so negative and to stop limiting God and to stop with just all the stuff that we get so consumed with, we make idols of man and ministries and this one and that one, and we forget what the word of God says and what the Lord is doing right now is a massive course correction for the body of Christ. He is showing us what he's willing to do. He's like, look, I'm willing to move. All you got to do is follow the recipe for revival, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If you do this, if my people do this, This is what I'm willing to do. And that's what he's doing right now is he's showing us, look, not only is he, he's not dead, God's not dead, but he's willing to move right now. 
And you don't have to go to Asbury. I know if you go there, that's great. I'm not against it. I think it's awesome that so many people have gone up there to get recharged and strengthened in their faith and to feel what it's like to be in all-out, full-blown revival mode. That's fine. That's great. But spread that around the country. But here's the thing about it, okay? You don't have to get there. I see certain people that are almost jealous of what's happening up there because it didn't happen in their church or it didn't happen, you know, in their ministry or didn't, you know, they're not a, a star of it. So what? Now, that's what we always talk about when we say nameless, faceless, because I see critiques on social media. People have gotten mad at me over the years. By the way, I didn't invent that nameless, faceless thing, but let me just explain it again for those that don't understand. We have a name. We have an, a name. We have a ministry name. It's called Todd Coconado Ministries. It's right there. It's on the wall here as I'm looking at the studio. Okay, it's here. Yes, there is a name. There is a ministry. But th the thing is, it's not about me. That's what nameless, faceless means. It's not, it's not about Todd Coconado Ministries. It's not about this one. It's not about that one. Once it becomes about a person, then we miss the whole thing. It's all about Jesus and letting his Holy Spirit move. And I know that that, that ruffles the feathers of certain people. And that's why they come out and they say, oh, what do you mean it's nameless, faceless? How can it be nameless, faceless? That's all that people mean. It's actually a good thing when people say that. But I know that certain pastors and people, they get upset about that because they say, we have names. And we have, you know, it's a it's, revival starts in you. I saw a post and look, I am all about that. Yes, revival starts in us. And yes, we have names. I'm not coming against pastors or preachers that say that. But I just think that maybe they don't understand what people are saying when they when they say nameless faces. They just mean it's not about a big name. It's not like look. Let's just let's just give a name. Let's just I don't know Joe Schmo, okay? And Joe Schmo has a ministry, and it's a powerful ministry, and they have a heart for revival. And revival starts happening at Joe Schmo's church. Well, guess what's going to happen? And a lot of people are going to say it's Joe Schmo's revival. You know, there's a there's a awakening at Joe Schmo's church. So. The Lord is so amazing in the way that he works is he he found a place. I mean, not hard for God to do, right? But he, a place where it wouldn't be about Joe Schmo's ministry. It wouldn't be about this one or that one. He found a place where a bunch of college students were literally getting on their faces and crying out to God and doing what the word of God says. And he moved there. And now it's an awakening. Now it's it's a move of God that's happened at this seminary, at this university, this theological seminary. And so that's all we mean when we say nameless faces. I just want to get that out of the way because there's a lot of people that, that don't understand that or that, that critique that. We're not saying that you don't have a name. There's many people. If you've been to Asbury, you have a name. And if you have a ministry, that ministry has a name. All we're saying is it's not about a person or a ministry. It's about the Lord and his spirit. And I don't understand why Christians can't seem to agree on that topic, but for some reason we can't because people say, what is it about a name? Okay, look, you take it to God. I'm not going to argue with you about it. But what I love that's happening is that people are, are crying out to God, you know, and the critiques of the revival, there's critiques of the revival where people are saying, it's not a real revival, it's not a real move of God. Listen, I, I don't know what, what you want or what you expect to see. And again, I mean, I'm not coming against you. I mean, I understand you have some concerns or critiques. That's fine. Everybody should be, you know, I, I was even cautious in the beginning, but here's the thing. These kids... I mean, you know, these college kids, would you, would you rather see them having, you know, confusion with their gender or at, at the, you know, the nightclub partying and drinking or 
you know, being promiscuous sexually, or would you rather see them on their face crying out to God in, in the chapel at the university in a major outpouring where people from all over the world are coming? Which one would you rather see? Because for me, it's an answer to prayer. It's a powerful answer to prayer. And I'm so thankful to Jesus, to God, to the Holy Spirit, so thankful that, that the Lord has, has decided to move. We always say, as long as there's a remnant, that means God's not done. Well, there's a remnant. And the remnant is crying out. We've been crying out. We've been calling on the name of the Lord. We've been crying out. We've been repenting. We've been fasting. We've been using the tools. And so while the world looks so dark and so grim, and it looks like there's no hope, but see, then this bright light starts shining. And, I, and there's been other revivals that have been going on around the country that, ha, that didn't just start. They've been going on for a little while now. Too many to name, to be quite honest. And so I've seen this firsthand, but what's happening is it's spreading now because people realize it can't be a politician. It can't be a political party. It can't be, and I'm not saying don't get involved in those things. Of course we get involved. We occupy until he comes. All areas of society, we're the head and not the tail. I'm very active. But what I'm saying is it couldn't be about that. That's why the spotlight has been on the church. What are we going to do? As, as the wickedness in this world, whether it's the, the, the deep state or the, the shadow government or the elites that are trying to take us into a war in, 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 in Ukraine or uh, in Eastern Europe or trying to escalate and, and the darkness and the wickedness and it's, you know, it's at the Grammys at the, you know, you see the satanic performances or, you know, Hollywood or the everything that's so overwhelming if we don't get in the secret place and understand who we are in Christ. But see, in Christ, there's always hope. There's always a way out. There's always a way to return. It's just like the children of Israel. When they were, when they were in captivity, Babylonian captivity, but th there was a hope there. There was a, there was a way out. God got them out. You know what I'm saying? It, he, he, he uses people like Cyrus. He uses people in, in the word of God, the Daniels and the Isaiahs and the, you know, all the different people that the Lord chose to use over the, the many centuries. You know, God always, there's always a way out. The Samsons, you know, the, 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 the Debras. I mean, there's always a way out. And, and God is just saying, look, will you trust me? Will you call upon my name? And that's what's happening right now. So I'm excited. We're going to get into revival history. I'm going to read an article that I think is going to be good. You're going to want to stick around. Be encouraged today. The Lord is on the move. We'll be right back. Pastor Todd Coconato. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. Yes. Of the goodness. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show. We're talking about revival because how can we not? We need to report on the revival. That's what's happening in, in the Lord's camp. I mean, all you got to do is go through social media. It's all over there. How can I not talk about this today? Revival is new life. And if you've been down, if you've been depressed, if you've been going through a lot in your life, just take a breath right now. Listen, I, I'm telling you, the Lord didn't promise it's going to be easy, but he promises it's going to be worth it for you. And if you're dealing with spiritual warfare, that means you're over the target. You know, if you weren't dealing with spiritual warfare, you got to kind of be concerned. You know, am I over the target? Why am I getting all this flack? Well, that's because you're over the target. 
You know, and so, and so God is wanting to move in your personal life. He's wanting to move in our life. Every one of us can experience what's going on in Asbury. This is what I want to talk about. Every one of us can experience what's going on in Asbury University. All we got to do is press in and, and say, Lord, I need a renewal. I need new life in my life. You know, rekindle my fire. If we draw near the Lord, he's going to draw near to us. Every single day is an opportunity. Every single meeting, that's how I look at it. When we go and, and minister different places, I mean, this is, I'm in the moment. I'm in the, you know, this is an opportunity. God wants to move here today. You know, I, I don't know where you're at in your walk, but God wants to move today. He wants to do something in your life right now. And there are certain things in the word of God that he says, if you do these things, something will happen. And so we have a part to play and then he has a part to play. You know, it's like in the services. I was talking about this on a live this week, but like in the services, you know, we, we've gotten so cookie cutter in American Christianity that it's like, you know, the, the worship is 25 minutes to the, t- you know, exactly. And then right when that 25 minutes is over, you go into an announcement video, you know, where it's really well done, you know, beautiful announcement video. Well, praise God. It looks good. I'm not, I'm not against excellence, Right. But the problem is, is that if we were really entering into the throne room, it might not be 25 minutes. It might be 40 minutes. It might be two hours. Are you ready for that? Can we stay or do we have to get to that lunch? Can we stay or do we have to watch that football game in the afternoon? And so we can't really let the Lord move. See, and here's the thing about the services too. In American Christianity and services, you know, we, we talk about things. Maybe we get into a good message. Maybe it's even an anointed message. But the problem is God doesn't want us just having a message. He wants to demonstrate. You know, okay, here, here it is. You know, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Here it is. You know, this is what the Bible says. But then the Lord says, okay, now get out of the way and let me move. Come up to the altar and, and let me show you what that means. In miracles, signs, and wonders, I'm ready to move now. See, this is what God is saying. And if the church gets the message and we understand what God is saying, then we're going to be in a whole new level and a whole new place. This is where the course correction is coming in. God doesn't want us to limit him 25 minutes worship, you know, 35 minutes sermon, no altar call, and then send everybody home so they can get to lunch on time and go watch the game in the afternoon and not experience the fullness of what God has to offer and listen, if we can't change everything, I mean, there's only so much uh, power that this ministry has to reach so many people. But the thing is, is that the truth sets the captive free. And so you have people in your life, if you're listening to this, that, that I can't touch, that I can't reach, but you can. God has given you a circle of influence. You say, well, it's 10 people. Okay, great. It's five people. Okay, great. It's thousands of people. It doesn't matter. Whatever he's given you, which steward that well. And, and he will expand your territory, whether it's thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions or five people. It doesn't matter. Steward it well. And so, and so you can get the message across. Hey, look, you know what's going on up in Asbury? You can have that too. Call upon the name of the Lord today. Get on your knees before the Lord and cry out to him and ask him to move. Ask him to rekindle the fire, or to set you a, a fire and, and a blaze for Christ. You know, get into the presence of the Lord. Step into the river of living water and watch what happens. God wants to move. God, he wants to move in such power. He wants to move in a way that only he can move in your life. He wants to do something new and something fresh. You've been through a divorce. Okay, you know what? That's the past. You've been through you know, several abortions and you feel condemned. You're not condemned. There is therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. Did you repent? Then move on. 
You say, well, I'm single. I've been praying for a husband forever. Okay, I get it. I've been praying for a wife forever. Okay, I get it. But God hears your prayers. He's about to move on your behalf. Start praising him for what he's about to do. But get in the water now. Because these things that keep us distracted are the very things that the enemy wants to use so that we don't step into that river because what's going on in Asbury can happen today. It can happen in your family. It can happen in your life. It can happen in your school. It can happen in your church. It can happen in your job. It can happen in your relationship. It can happen in your personal life. God wants to have a revival in your heart. And so that's the whole thing. It's not about this ministry or that ministry or how big the ministry or how many people or how many followers or how, how celebrity you are that you're so known as a speaker. Well, that's great, but you can't take any of that to heaven with you. What you're going to take to heaven is souls and yourself. That's it. And God is, is in the soul winning business. He's in the, in the miracle working business. He's concerned about the harvest. And that's why we've been talking about the things that we've been talking about. Some of them have been difficult. I'll tell you right now, this has been a very difficult couple of weeks for me. I ain't going to lie to you because we've had to take some real tough stances. But you know what? At the end of the day, we've been calling upon the name of the Lord. We've been asking him, Lord, what's true? What do you want us to do? And he's been saying it's a course correcting. It's a right setting. The church is getting placed strategically. And now the revival is starting to spread. And what we need to do is get on board with what the Lord's doing. He wants to move. He wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your ministry. He wants to move in every single way. Look at what's going on in your social media feed. That needs to be translated into your life, into your experiences, into your daily communications. Revival happens all around us. It's new life. You know, when you go into the store, revival's happening. When you, I mean, I'm telling you, revival's happening in ways that, you know, we can't even picture or understand. It's different. It's, it's not what we expected. It's not what we were told by a lot of people. It's new life. It's, it's the Lord that's, that's re-energizing the base, that's getting the remnant on fire so that we can be fire starters because it's the only hope. Listen, you, you saw how hard I worked in 2016 and 2020. If you were around then, you know I was running around the country and I'm still meeting with people. I got a big meeting this week and different things that are going on. But at the end of the day, though, that's not what it's about. The thing is, is that where, what is the state of our heart? What is the state of our soul? What is the state of, of, are we partnering with the Lord and his spirit? Are we on fire? You know, are we trusting the Lord? Are we, are we speaking words of life? Are we doing what the Bible actually says? Because he's so holy and he's so ready and he's so willing to move. How fired up are you? I mean, listen, right now, let's just get there. If you're not fired up, you know, let's get there today. I pray right now for this person listening to this broadcast that they would catch the fire in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, God. It's available to you. What's happening, you don't have to be jealous or, you know, I couldn't make it up there. Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? No, you can have it too. God is no respecter of persons. He wants to move in your situation. He wants to move on your behalf. He wants to move in your life. And you can have exactly what's going on. What he's doing is he's demonstrating. He's saying, look, these people were willing to let me move. So because of that, I'm going to move. And that's all that, that really is happening is that, look, I'm ready. I'm willing. God's like, yes, I'm, I'm going to do it. Here it is. Are you, are you ready is the question. Are you in? Are you in? Are you willing to get into the river? Are you willing to operate? You know, you can be one of those people on, on your social media feed that's in the river of living water. In your church, in your meeting, in your, wherever you are, bring the fire. Bring the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And watch what God does. I mean, I'm telling you. Something powerful is going on, guys. 
All right, stick around. We got a 14-minute segment coming up, and I'm going to get into revival history, and then at the end, I want to read this article about revival, and we'll close it off here. But listen, this is important. We'll be right back. Yes. Revival. Revival. It's here. It's now. So glad that you're tuned in today. Um, we're talking about what's going on in Osbury, but you know this is this is happening everywhere. It's all over the country. It's all over the nation. It's spreading around the world. Get into the river. Get into the river yourself. Don't miss this. You're not missing out. You just got to show up. You got to say yes. So revival history. I want to get into this if you've never heard this before. So the first Great Awakening. Okay, this was in like the 1730s through the 1740s. It was a 10-year span. And uh, it was a, a revival that took place in the American colonies in the 1730s and 1740s. And it was led by influential preachers such as George uh, Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards, who emphasized the importance of personal conversion and a direct relationship with God. Now, think about that. That's what I talk about, a direct relationship with God. You don't need the latest prophet. Look, prophets are great. I believe in prophets. But, you know, if you listen to them, in in a way that's balanced and healthy, that's fine. But if you make them an idol or you start, you know, I have to get my word every single day. Well, that's like a medium. That's like a psychic. That's not the Lord. What these two were saying in the first great awakening, they were saying that, look, you can have a direct relationship with God. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That's revival. You get into the river yourself. You don't have to rely on another human being. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't have pastors and elders and mentors and prophets and apostles and people in your life that you learn from. That's fine. But you also have a connection to God. You hear from God yourself. And we're going to be getting into spiritual warfare on Sundays, by the way, uh, talking about spiritual warfare. And, and one of the aspects I want to talk about, too, is hearing from God. Because if you don't hear from God, you're not going to be able to effectively fight. You've got to hear from God. And so we're going we're gonna to cover that on the Sunday service. If you've never tuned in the Sunday service before, please do. We, it's, it's a way that we go deeper in the Lord, and we do it every Sunday uh, at Real Todd Coconado, at Real Todd Coconado on Facebook. You can find it there. You can find it on my Rumble channel streaming live, the Todd Coconado Show. It's on uh, 1 p.m. Sundays, and that's Central Time, 1 p.m. Uh, the Second Great Awakening, okay, uh, was a revival that took place in the early 19th century in the United States, okay, again, it was marked by the rise of a new movement, uh, such as uh, Mormons and Seventh-day Adventists, as well as the growth of evangelicalism um, and the establishment of many new churches. This revival had significant impact on the social and political issues, such as the, um, the abolitionist movement and the push for women's suffrage. Uh, then there was the Welch revival in 1904 through 1905. Uh, it was a revival that took place in Wales in 1904 through 1905. It was for a year and powerful, led by Evan Roberts, who emphasized the importance of personal conversion, <laughs> again, a deepening uh, of one's relationship with God. Yes, that's what revival is. You know, the revival had significant impact on the Welsh society as it led to a surge in church attendance and establishment of new churches. This is what happens. There's The, the churches come out of it because people are on fire and, and, and they're new converts, and there's, you know, there's a harvest. It also had profound impact on the Welsh culture. By the way, on, on the world's culture. That revival went all around the world. Then there was Azusa Street, 1906 through 1915. Uh, Azusa Street was a revival that took place in Los Angeles, California. Can you imagine? 
1906, it was led by preacher William Seymour, who emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. The revival had a significant impact on American Christianity and the whole world, by the way, as it helped to popularize Pentecostalism as a distinct branch of Christianity. It also had profound impact on global Christianity as it inspired the growth of the Pentecostal and charismatic movements around the world. That's what a lot of, a lot of us have come out of, is the Azusa movement. It was, a, it was a, a profound movement where the spirit of the living God moved upon the earth in, in miracle signs and wonders, and people had to, had to say, yeah, that's true. That actually happens. You know, like people were getting healed out of wheelchairs. The, the deaf were hearing again. The blind were seeing again. And by the way, William Seymour, because I studied a lot about Azusa Street because I, you know, I preached in Los Angeles for many years. Um, and by the way, we're going back to Los Angeles. If you're out in Los Angeles area, we'd love to see you. It's going to be on March 12th in Chatsworth. We come on out, bring as many people as you can. It's going to be powerful. And, uh, and so, that, you know, this is what God wants to do now. The East, uh, East African revival, 1930s through 1950s, a 20-year span in Africa. It was, it was a revival that took place in East Africa in the 1930s through 50s. It was led by a group of African Christian leaders who emphasized the importance of personal conversion, holiness, and a deepening of one's relationship with God once again. The revival had a significant impact on African Christianity as it led to the establishment of what? New churches and the growth of evangelicalism as a major force in African life. Yes, the Jesus movement. What was the Jesus movement? In 1960s through 1970s, there's a movie that's coming out. I just did a review on it. Uh, had, the, had the producer on the show. It's gonna be powerful. Go out and see it this weekend if you can. Uh, the Jesus movement was a revival that took place in the United States in the 50s and, I'm sorry, in the 60s and 70s. It was led by a group of young people who emphasized the importance of personal conversion, again, and a new approach to Christianity spiritually, it, basically by saying, look, we're, we're young people that just want to get out the way and let God move. And that significant impact on American Christianity has led to the establishment of what? New churches and the growth of non-denominational Christianity as a major force in American spiritual life. Yes. The Toronto Blessing in the 1990s. That's not even that long ago. Now, revival that took place in Toronto. The Toronto Blessing is a term used to describe a revival movement that began in 1994 at the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship Church. And this was in Canada. And it was a charismatic movement that brought about significant changes in the way people worship and express their faith. The Toronto Blessing uh, was characterized by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was marked by manifestations such as an uncontrollable laughter, shaking, crying, and falling to the ground. These manifestations were often accompanied by healings, prophecies, and other spiritual uh, experiences. Uh, it became the center of the Toronto movement, um, you know, the TACF, which is the Toronto Airport, uh, Airport Christian Fellowship, drawing people from all over the world who wanted to experience the revival. The movement gained worldwide attention and sparked controversy among Christians, of course, just like this one is doing right now, with some questioning the authenticity, of course. Uh, it had significant impact on worship practices and the emphasis of shifting towards a more, um, you know, spontaneous form of worship. This led to a new genre of worship music, praise and worship, that incorporated the experiences and expressions of the Toronto Blessing Movement. What about Brownsville? Brownsville Revival, also known as the Pentecost, uh, Pensacola Outpouring, was a Christian revival that began in Brownsville Assembly of God Church in Pensacola, Florida in 1995. 
This revival lasted several years and attracted thousands of people from all over the world who were seeking spiritual renewal and a deeper connection with God. The revival was led by evangelist Steve Hill, who had previously worked as a missionary in Argentina and had experienced a powerful spiritual awakening there. Hill was invited to speak at Brownsville Assembly of God Church in 1995, and his message ignited a fire among the congregation. People began to experience intense spiritual experiences, including speaking in tongues, healings, and visions. The revival quickly spread around the walls of the Brownsville Assembly of God Church and became a global phenomenon. People came from all over the world to attend the nightly services and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. These services were characterized by intense worship, passionate preaching, and powerful manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I could just go on and on and on, friends. On and on and on. The Lord wants to move. History is being made right now. Somebody's going to get mad at one of the ways that I explain those revivals. Look, all I'm trying to do is explain that these things have happened in the past and the Lord wants to move today, but he wants to do something new. This is new wineskin. You can't fit old wine in new wineskin, okay? This is a new wineskin season, but he's still, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, there may be new things that come out of some of these revivals, like new churches or new ways to express our worship, but God is the same. Jesus is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. His word never changes. And God has given us a recipe for revival in our own life. Okay, just for for a couple of minutes here, let's forget about Asbury. Let's forget about the revivals that I just talked about. We don't want to be making revival an idol either, okay? Let's just forget about it for a minute here. If you've been down, if you've been anxious, if you've been depressed, if you've been personally been feeling overwhelmed in your life, You've gone through a difficult season. The bills have mounted up. Okay, you're, 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 you, you, people don't even really know fully what's going on in your life. Let's just say that. You may have shared little bits and pieces with different people that you trust, but overall, they don't really know what you've been going through, but God does. And, and you've been struggling. You're a Christian. You love the Lord. You haven't backslidden but you've been struggling because it's been overwhelming. We've looked at what's happened in 2020 with the elections. We've looked at what's happened over the course of the last few years. We feel beat down as Christians. We feel persecuted. We see that there's so many egregious things happening in the world. It can feel overwhelming. You read the news headlines. Why haven't I been getting in the news headlines lately? Because they're so overwhelming and there's so many. Why do I need to sit here and regurgitate that to you? You already know what's going on. Many of you are very aware Many of you are very awake. You listen to many other podcasts. They break it all down. Everything's satanic and all these different things. Look, I'm at the point where if you don't know by now, it's kind. I know there's still people that are waking up, but like, yes, we are in a spiritual battle. And I just want you to know, that's why I haven't really talked about it much. Because people say, well, Pastor Todd, why aren't you talking about the news? We do to some extent. But, you know, I used to sit here and do full reports on everything. And I feel like I'm literally regurgitating the enemy's plan. It's like, here it is. More negative, more negative, more negative. But what am I supposed to be doing? I got to report on what the Lord's doing. I got to report on what he's willing to do. As a pastor, as a preacher, isn't that what you want to hear? I mean, what you're capable of doing, that you're in it, but you're not of it. So if you're one of those people that I was just talking about, your kid's in rebellion, your husband's in rebellion. You got multiple people in your family that are sick. You know, things are happening so, so egregious. You feel overwhelmed. Look, I get it. I, I read the emails all day long. I, I, I speak to so many of you. I know what's going on. And by the way, that's happening in my life too. But see, here's what God did. Is he, he, there's a glimmer of hope. There's a bright light shining 
that he's saying, look, here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm willing to do in your life. Here's what I'm willing to do in your church. Here's what I'm willing to do in your situation. I'm willing to move. So forget about like all, and we're going to get into this in the next segment. You know, there's several different feelings that are coming from people's, you know, humanity and our flesh from this revival. And, and if you've seen some of the, you know, the criticism and the critiques, it's kind of shocking to see how negative, but I just read some of those other revivals dealt with the same thing. I mean, literally. So, you know, it shouldn't surprise us. This has happened before in history. Whenever there's a move of God, there's critiques, there's criticism. There's people that are, that are the, the, the couch quarterbacks, you know, that are sitting there telling you what's wrong and everything. But what we always have the, the opportunity to do is say, am I going to hook in with the negative Nellies? Am I going to hook in with the devil's description of this thing? Or am I going to hook in with what God's doing here? And am I going to allow him to move in my own life? That's what we got to figure out. Am I going to hook in with the enemy's plan in my life, in my situation? Am I going to agree with what the devil said? Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to re- believe the report of the Lord? Or are you going to believe the report of the devil? Because right now there's two different reporters that are reporting on your situation in your life. Two different people. So one reporter is saying, she's ugly. She's small. She's alone. She'll never find a husband. She'll never. That's what one reporter is saying. Look at the world. It's so awful. It's the end. That's it. Nothing left. You're done. You're finished. Be depressed. Go into a hole somewhere. You can't accomplish anything. That's what one reporter is saying. Look at the world. It's so we're defeated. We're done. The other reporter is saying you have victory. I'm ready to move in your situation. I'm not done in your life. I love you. You're about to go advance. You're about, there's about to be an answer to your prayers. God is about to move. There is new life that is available to you i want to move in your situation i want to move in your life this is what god is saying and so the question is which one which report are we going to believe i'm going to believe the report of the lord i don't know about you i'm going to believe that god is moving in your situation in your life he's not done he's not finished he's not out of resources we'll be back the todd gilton hour show Come on, who's feeling that right now? So powerful. So powerful what God wants to do. So beautiful what he wants to do. God is never out of resources. He's never lacking. He's never lacking. He's never out of resources. I want to read this post. Two two different reports that are out there right now. One is that we're helpless. We're defeated. We're done. We might as well go back and... Just buy out a hollow missile silo and dig in until God comes back. Doom and gloom. Critics and critiques about how God, God can't or he won't. And then the other report is God's not out of moves. Resources. Power. He wants to move today, right now, in our life, in our situations, in our schools, in our jobs, in our churches, in our family, in our marriage. Everything. He's waiting on us to step into the river of living water and say yes to his will and his way. God can and will. He's willing and able. Which reporter will you believe? Which will be your reality? God wants to move in your life. And I believe the report of the Lord. Do you believe the report of the Lord? I believe the report of the Lord. He's willing. He's able. He's not done. He's not lacking. He's not out of resources. We don't have to give up. We can stand on the promise of God. Every time I spend time in the secret place, this is what happens. I get recharged. Every time I, I spend time in carnality and in the flesh, I get doom and gloom. I get down. 
Which which what which reality are we going to live in? Are we going to be a citizen of heaven? Or are we going to be in the in the muck and the mire of this world? Are we going to go back to our vomit? Or are we going to be in the presence of God? That's the question, and that's what we're going to have to determine going forward because it's not going to be easy. But God is going to give us the strength that we need, and He's willing to move in powerful ways. So here are a couple responses: five wrong ways to respond to Osbury. Responding in carnal curiosity. Are you revival or prophetic or deliverance junkie? Do you binge on emotional events? Do you, do you go with the latest buzz? If so, then consider staying away. You will do more harm than good. Uh, go because you're under conviction, ready to repent in an awe-inspiring presence of God. This is from Mario Murillo, by the way. It's on his blog, mariomurillo.org. Uh, God determined to return a changed person who can spread revival where you live. Don't go and get a cheap blessing. Number two, responding with doubt that is real. Like, in other words, is this a real revival? If the first thing out of your mouth about Asbury was something like, if this was a real revival, then they wouldn't sing those type of worship choruses or use that translation of the Bible. You're reacting but not discerning. All revivals come to us through imperfect human beings. In many cases, God seizes human uh, frailties for his glory. The Bible says when uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, you know, and, and he just goes on to explain that. Uh, number three response, a response of jealousy by the old school. Another irony of revival is the fact that those who were in the last revival are the first to have a bad spirit towards the new one. Jealous, perhaps. Because they assume that if God ever did it again, he would once again use them. Wow. John Wesley was defrocked by the Church of England because he preached outdoors instead of in a church building. The result was Methodist revival that spread to five continents. Decades later, the Methodist church re, uh, moved to remove the ordination of two of their firebrands, William and Catherine Booth. You guessed it. They were preaching outdoors. Thus, Salvation Army was born, okay? Uh, a response of arrogance by the new school. It was Finney who observed that revivals die because of a bad spirit of the old school and an arrogant spirit of the new school. We must have uh, heard much about how there is no big-time preacher or leader at this miracle at Asbury, but I disagree. There are leaders. They may not be big names, but they're leading this revival, if there were no decision makers, there would be just chaos. Whoever they are, they must stay pure and, and, you know, in the insane glare of media attention. Though they may be totally new to revival, they will be asked to do interviews and will be treated like experts. The pull towards arrogance is the devil's favorite weapon. It's lethal, sudden, and arrives early. I've seen this. Some of the most awesome prophets and people that were just a, a few years ago right in the, in the will of God, and all of a sudden they became arrogant, and they became uh, full of pride because it was like a new fame, and they got a bunch of money and, and all these things, and now they're off. So people are, we have to constantly, we have to finish well. That's the thing. We can always return back to Jesus, but we got to get on our face and repent. And if we get off course, everybody gets off course. People say, well, Pastor Todd, you sound like you're perfect. No, I'm not. I'm the first to tell you, if I don't get into the secret place and I don't refresh and recharge and hear from the Holy Spirit and have accountability in my life, I will get off just like everybody else. But that's the whole thing is we're not perfect, but Jesus is. And that's what we have to understand. Uh, number five response, the response of being hurt. A minister who has labored for decades with scant results can feel hurt 
even dismayed when any event flies from obscurity to worldwide acclaim in just a matter of days. A preacher can feel like the psalmist who said in Psalm 73, 13 through 14, surely I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long, I have been plagued and chastised and chastened every morning. See, that's the whole thing. But revival does not just lift all boats. It brings them together in unity. Peter obeyed Jesus and cast the net into the water in Luke 5. And here's what happened next. In Luke 5, 6 through 7, it says, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats So they began to sink. Revival will bring the boats together in unity with a massive number of souls into the kingdom. Rejoice, my brothers and sisters. You belong to a victorious army, and our side has just won a massive victory. Our Father in heaven, we pray for this mighty miracle at Asbury University. Place your hand of protection on it and overshadow it. Take it to its full potential. Let us not do anything to tarnish the simple and innocent work that you are doing. We ask this of all who are involved in this, all the saints of God around the church and around the world in Jesus' name. Friends, God wants to move. He wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your situation. He wants to move on your behalf. He wants you to have and experience what's going on in Asbury, and you don't need to make a pilgrimage there. Now, if you can or if you did, that's great. Then bring that fire home. And let people know of the work of God and the move of his spirit. But if you didn't go there, call upon the name of the Lord today and say, Lord, which reporter am I going to believe? Am I going to believe the reporter of this world, the prophets of Baal, the doom and gloom, those who tell me I'm finished, I'm done, I'm defeated, my marriage is done, my, my finances are done, my job is done, I might as well go into a hole and wait for the Lord to return. Are we going to believe the reporter that says God is not done moving? There is an anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. I'm going to get on fire in my life. I'm going to change. I'm going to, it's look, you got to become a glass half full person. Because that's what a spirit-led person is. You look at the situation and you say, yes, this is bad. This is horrible. This is, this is doom and gloom, yes. But here's the thing. I serve a God that can change that. I serve a God that will change the situation. I serve a God that's not out of resources, that's not out of opportunities, that's not out of solutions, that's not out of people, that's not out of money, that's not out of power. Which one are you going to serve? Mammon or God? Whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe that God is going to move on our behalf. I'm going to play that Yeshua song again because there's an anointing on that song. And as I do that, I'm going to pray for you today before we go that you have an encounter like you've never had in your walk with Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior or if you're a prodigal and you need to return, do it. Do it today. God is willing to move in your church. He's willing to move in your life. He's not done with you. He's not done with your situation. He loves you so much. Oh, Jesus, thank you. We love you, Lord. Lord, I just pray for this person listening right now. I pray that they would have an encounter in their life like they haven't had before. I pray, Father God, that this would be a new season of enlightenment for them. I pray, Father God, that this would be a time that they press in like they've never pressed in before. I pray their marriage would be set on fire. If they're a single, I pray they'd press in like never before. I'm telling you, Lord, I pray this would be just the fire. They'd catch the fire 
of your Holy Spirit. They would be engaged in your word. They'd be a prayer warrior. Let them catch the fire. Let them be a fire starter. Today is the day, Lord God. This is the day that you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Give them the joy. Give them the peace. Give them the rest. Anoint them right now in Jesus' name. Anoint them in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Fire. Fire. Glory. Take them to a new level, a new season. I pray this person would be an anointed and appointed person that spreads the gospel of Jesus. It is an end-time remnant warrior, Lord. Glory to your name. Catch that fire right now, saint of God. Catch it. Catch that revival. Do it right now. Why are you going to wait another day? Today is the day. Oh, Lord, we worship you. Holy is your name. Get on fire for him. Get on fire for him. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll see you next week.